button, and then it'll hit the countdown. All right, everyone, we're here with Chip Khan, CEO and founder of Boomtown. Um, Chip is a serial entrepreneur, um, and now he's working on a project to help companies um, and their customers. Um, it's a customer experience management software. We'll get into it in a little bit, but Chip, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I really appreciate you joining us. We had a little bit of trouble getting on the show just to, because we're both in, in moving stages, but I'm glad we were finally able to do it. Um, so let's jump right on in. Uh, first question is, what were you doing before you started Boomtown? <laughs> well, as a first of all, thanks, Julian, for having me uh, yeah. and love love your your podcast. Um, as a serial entrepreneur, it's kind of it's been sort of one company after the other. And so before starting this company, it was previous companies. Yeah. But I did take a year, a year and a half off sort of thinking about the problem uh and you know after the last company to to figure out what was next what was the big issue you know is was there a solution to it and talking to you know interviewing prospective customers but you know all of that only gives you sort of two percent it's kind of like the top of the mm -hmm. iceberg right so mm -hmm. you go do it do it you don't really know what you need to do yeah 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 what um and j just it's always interesting when people talk about interviewing customers and to get a better insight on that what are like what are the types of questions you ask customers because i mean i think we can all think of like basic questions we ask but is there anything in particular that you think um isn't is insightful enough as a founder to ask of, of if your if your problem is going to solve what you're what you're looking to solve no it's good it's a great question i think you know, it was a, we knew we wanted to be B to B to B. And mm -hmm. so we, there was question, you know, because ultimately we're serving small businesses or the end customers or end users, but uh, we're going through aggregators that are delivering services to them. So there was questions that had to be, we had to sort of figure out the value proposition between both of those groups. And so with, this, with the end customer, small businesses, I went out and bought several thousand dollars worth of $25 gift cards yeah. and would go, <laughs> go sit down and my co-founder would go sit down and we'd ask them questions and, and, you know, ask what was challenging with their tech stacks and, you know, what they wish was better and what the challenges were and then gave them a gift card. And so, you know, for the, for their time. So, so that's how we solved the end customer. I think our questions at that time were, were probably more specific than useful to the audience because everybody's business is, is obviously mm -hmm. different. Um, and then to the our customer, so the B2B, the first B2B part, you know, we were fortunate to have relationships and the founding team with a lot of the companies that we wanted to work with. So, you know, we really just validated. But again, all of that is so high level that, you know, it sort of proves the thesis, but it doesn't doesn't illuminate the functionality you need to build. And, and just just to give us a little quick um, description of and, and kind of its goal and purpose, can you just you know give me give me a short phrase on what its goal is, what what's the technology about, um, just so we can kind of understand more about what the, what the what the problem is that you're solving. Absolutely. So we're a customer experience management or CXM company, and really what we're focused on is helping. The financial services ecosystem, which is obviously underpins everything, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. money and <laughs> yeah. For, for businesses. And so uh, the, the challenge is, is that it's really difficult uh, as, as a small business, mid-market, even commercial customer to know where you are in a process 
and have any visibility into it. There's no Instacart experience, right? It's 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 yeah. a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty opaque black box of okay. I think I signed up. I filled in this form. What happens now? And right. so we're bringing visibility, collaboration, communication, and using a no code low code platform to actually help them create ideal customer journeys uh, for the buyer for the buying for activating, aborting, mm -hmm. and then servicing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was having this conversation with someone recently. I was signing up for this new technology and it brought me to the sign up phase and it was a little bit confusing and it ended up being, you know, like yeah. I, was, I didn't convert, you know? Um, That's right. And so, That's right. And yeah, and so I guess with the, with that challenge, what, what is, um, is it you know, tracking the customer through that journey and knowing exactly where the drop off is or is it something different? No, that's that's right. It's that. But yeah. what's interesting in financial services is that there's multiple companies that typically share a common customer, mm -hmm. right? So if you are a small business and you want to be able to take electronic payments in in your store or online, you know the bank that you went to to sign up for that actually isn't providing that service. Yeah. You know, it's a third party, and right, right. You know, your accounts receivable solutions, your accounts payable solutions are often fintechs. And so it's a very disjointed process in terms of the handoff to the bank and then to who's really acting as a channel for these third party products. Right. And so yeah. you go to your business banker and say, hey, I have this problem. They don't know. They don't have the answer because it actually is completely siloed right. in a different organization. And so, yes, we're bringing we have a data network where we're bringing that information back to in front of both the customer and in this case, in this example, the business bankers, so they know what's happening with their customer. Because yeah. right now they don't, yeah. they don't know. They literally are dealing with it out of Outlook, and they get an Excel yeah. report like once a month on what's happening with customers. That does that does not late. help in real time. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> way too late. Way too late. Um, Boomtown. Where, where where in your journey did this light bulb um, light up? Um. I, I am inspired by small business owners, you know, in mm -hmm. the case of the US, it's, you know, they're the backbone of the economy and these people do it all. And, you know, technology can help make their business better, but it actually turns in most cases a headache. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so my previous company was a payment API before there were payment APIs and sort of saw the growth of cloud point of sale and helped launch many of the early companies in that like square and so you know i just saw the challenges there and i was like why is this so hard for <laughs> for all businesses to 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 use and yeah. we basically came to the realization that this customer information was siloed in the cross organizations and you really needed to break down those barriers and unlock it for yeah. Uh, to create a create a seamless, you know, experience where it made it really simple and they could get back to doing what they're really great at, which is you know yeah. making pizza or yeah. selling botanicals, whatever it is. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah I, I was uh, chatting with another um, guest and and they kind of work on the funding for small business because mm -hmm. and one thing that they noted was that how how just like there's so many different things on the operation and day-to-day -day level that a small business yep. has to do and be successful at to then think long-term. And so it sounds like Boomtown is a solution that, that kind of helps simplify that process and, and operate right. and help them operate. Um, that's, what, what kind of traction are you seeing now that you've uh, been up and running for some time now? 
Um, yeah, I'm sure you've got some great customers, some great stories, but yeah, with, with <laughs> the traction are you seeing? We've got a couple hundred customers now and think of these more as enterprise businesses, um, you know, large banks, um, mm -hmm. from a, from a financial trans, you know, uh, traction perspective or low eight fig, low eight figures of ARR. Uh, our core customer experience management SaaS product has about 600% year over year bookings growth. Uh, those who use it want more. Our, our NDR or net dollar retention is you know, over 140%. In terms of like, I guess what's so, what's been satisfying the most? Obviously, the, the growth has been exceptional. The customer acquisition, hearing that your customers want more from a founder's perspective is always just exactly yeah. what you want to hear, right? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess what what in, what in particular really gets you excited about what you're doing? Well, I think, yeah, it's two things. One is, well, there's a lot of things, but a couple that immediately came to mind were, you know, how we've evolved the, you know, our, the product, uh, you know, based on our customer feedback and ultimately what the end mm -hmm. user needs and being, you know, really, really attentive to that. And I think it's hard, you know, as when you have a vision, you have to both, you have to bridge it, right? You have to do the things mm -hmm. that people want today versus what they, they don't know that they need, but you have a vision towards and finding the right allocation of time on your product roadmap between sort of what the, what's needed next month or, or by the end of the year versus where this really needs to go. And I think we've done a good job of bringing those two things together. And I think at the end, all of this is only based on the quality of the team, right? Like we can't right. do one person doesn't do this. And so, you know, really building a team that I love to work with that's smart uh, and really exceptional is, 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 is if you do that, then the results happen. Right. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, it sounds, everybody says it, it sounds trite, but it really is the, it's hard. the key to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, hard. yeah, it's hard, team, um, you know, in, in my experience, because so many different components, you don't really know until you bring someone on to work with, um, but one thing that, that you said uh, earlier that, that you say different versions of the product and whereas, one, how do you, it? Are, are you in terms of like, Serving, or is it the technology that you're working on or is it like certain features how would you describe the version and then the second follow-up question is how do you make how do you make the changes you know i know a lot of i know a lot of founders were reluctant to like you know make either changes or improvements or i mean we all hate the word pivot you know and i think that yep. good or bad thing um yep. but yeah but how do you define versions and and how do you make those different changes and and make them <laughs> effectively yeah i think you have to have no pride of authorship yeah and just <laughs> and and be like all right this was i mean sort of back to where our conversation started it's a concept and you have a thesis and then you have to go like bring it to life and in the process of bringing it to life you have to be super open to to feedback and then you know when you start seeing that feedback loop be a pattern to it, meaning repetitive across multiple customers. And it's like, well, I thought maybe that was like 20% of it, but actually that should be 80% of it. Wow. And that to me is not, not a pivot. That's just an evolution. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, evolute, like if you're not evolving, then, you know, product market fit is a moment in time. Like it's going to change every 18, 24 months because competitors are changing 
the technology is changing, the market's changing, the need, you know, the needs are changing. So right, like, right. you're always have to evolve. Right. And that's, you know, I agree. I hate the word pivot and I think it's actually overused. Yeah. Cause it's really just a function of our job is to evolve to a place, but that has a solid foundation that you're building on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's the, I think, you know, the foundation is important and then the feedback, when you collect feedback, what, I mean, this is more of a, a selfish question, but what are you using to, how, how are you getting in touch with your customers? And then so you can really understand where the evolution is in what direction the evolution needs to go. Well, I mean, I think it depends on the stage of the business, right? So mm -hmm. early on it was in our heads. Yeah. And then, you know, it evolves into, you know, um, you know, repositories, you know, I think in, in our case, we use product board, yeah. uh, at this stage, um, our, our product team does, but you know, one of the reasons I like to go be in sales is because I really like to understand what the customer's problems are, how they're changing and what we need to do to, to, to um, you know, uh, satiate those. So right. the, the, you know, and that's something I write down and then it's a discussion, you know, in my weekly one-on-one -on -one with our head of product around, Hey, I think this is where it's going. It's not like, Hey, let's stop what we're doing. Right. It's, right. You know, how do we, how do we, you know, draw, like create a waypoint mm -hmm. that you know, mm -hmm. what we're doing today fits into what it is that they need, you know, in the future. And so, yeah. and that's just a, you know, then you start having those conversations and, Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, some of it's really just making sure you're asking the right questions right. and not doing it for us, our audience isn't developers or, you know, technologists. So it's really, you know, we have to act as the bridge to make the technology human mm -hmm. and talk about it in really human ways so that, and then translate that back into, okay, functionally, what does this mean? And then technically, what does it mean? Right. Yeah. And when I think I think I've struggled with early on is the the idea of like setting a waypoint to not distract from day to day, you know, and making sure it fits within where your product in the direction is going. Um, totally. Yeah, yeah. What, what's I guess what's what's involved in that? Or you keep like a pretty tight product. They're chatting about it, mapping it out, making sure it fits in, and then kind of I guess distributing the responsibilities out to the rest of the team. Is it? Less structure than that, more structure than that. What, yeah, what does that look like? Because that's something I think we uh, still struggle with as well. Um, you know, for for the company we're running. Well, yeah, I, th I think everybody does because what you don't realize as a founder um, or a CEO, like I mean, at an earlier stage, right? You know, sub fifty million revenue, whatever it is that you know you could be postulating and thinking out loud about something, and people think that's what they should go do. Yeah, right? so you're gonna be. <laughs> really careful that like you don't talk you 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 know you don't you don't have your inner monologue out loud and okay. because that leads to a lot of zigzagging and i think you know you have to really be disciplined because you don't appreciate how much you know what you're saying could actually impact how somebody's doing something so i think you have to be really disciplined around that and if yeah. you do that then you know those are, so those are conversations that frankly are more private in nature with people that understand hey we're mm -hmm. brainstorming mm -hmm. and this has to dovetail with what we're working on right now and yeah. so and if it doesn't then that's probably not a problem that we should be trying to solve 
if it's mm-hmm. something that extends or augments what it is that we're doing, then that should be something that's in our roadmap. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about it, that doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing and go do that, right? And so that's why you just have to be careful around yeah. your communication around those things because uh, you know it can be taken as quite literal in the moment yeah. of, hey, let's yeah. go do this. No, I'm not <laughs> saying, no, actually, right. we need to be thinking about how we do this in, in a year and a half or two years and make yeah. sure that, you know, we're, we're you know, on the right course, and that's hence the sure. waypoint. But you got to be really careful not to, otherwise, you just drive teams crazy. Yeah, yeah. When, when do you make that decision? On, uh, like, a big issue. Um, not, I wouldn't say issue, but that's that's something when you are, not trying to zigzag when you're trying to stay disciplined. Okay, this fits into our roadmap. This is when we should execute it, um, and we should start working on it at you know X point. When when do you kind of what's involved in that decision to to move forward with that new feature or product or something like that? Well, I mean, in the, you know, fundamentally, there's scarcity, right, in terms of mm-hmm. resources to get something done. And so, and you should have scarcity. If you don't have scarcity, then you're probably spending too much money and you're probably going to go out of business. So yeah. <laughs> the, like feeling like that's a, that's something you should be contending with daily. And, you know, I think you have to prioritize and you have to prioritize it based on, we have, we go through our, with our customers and go, okay, you know, who, who are we solving for kind of mm-hmm. like on a pro rata basis? Um, and you know, how does that feedback, how does that tie to the feedback of what the sales team's selling? And then you just, okay. you kind of wait it. And, yeah. um, cause you can't as much as we'd all love to treat every, everybody, you know, the same, you, you can't. Right. And so you have to take, you have to prioritize, um, you know, some features that some companies want that others don't care about. Uh, if you think that the opportunity with them is larger and that the pipeline, sales pipeline, supports that more of the new customers want it, right? And so, um, you know, it's a, it's a process and it's not something that, you know, you're, you're, you shouldn't be doing, you know, we have the conversations frequently when we do something about it is quarterly. And, and so, you know, because then it's sort of, it's like, raising it to the level of going, oh, um, it's like, you know, when you've heard a word you haven't heard before and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you yeah. hear that word or like this restaurant you've never heard of and all of a sudden you start hearing about the restaurant. Like if you if you put it into out there, then all of a sudden, you know, the antennas go up like, oh, I heard that too. I heard that too. And then then you're, you're able to, uh, you know, collectively as a team, you know, be more aware of that mm-hmm. as beans in because it can be said in a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one founder described to me set kind of like manifest it and then seeing those cues to make you make the decision. And at some point it just becomes so obvious that it's like you either have to work this, yeah, and make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well put. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest risk that you're uh, that that Boomtown's facing today? Well, you know, the, the market segment we're focused on is financial, the financial services ecosystem. And there's just, those are long sales cycles. They're enterprise, yeah. they're enterprise sales. These can be nine to 18 month, uh, very, uh, uh, consultative, 
conversations and yeah. journey mapping, literally where we're on site and look at, you know, how does the customer experience this versus how your internal systems and your internal operations teams, you know, deal with it. And so, you know, that, that, and you know, it's not, it's not an industry that's has traditionally been it's changing a lot with fintech, right. but it's not an industry that's traditionally been sort of cutting edge or willing to take risks, right? Because right, right. Yeah. You get promoted <laughs> not taking risks. And yeah. so, so that's that, you know, um, that's our challenge. And on the flip side of it though, is that, you know, once you get into these organizations that are very large, uh, that, and you prove it and you show the benefits, the business outcomes, and there's a ton of expansion opportunities that happen really quickly because the perception of the risk is very mitigated, right? So you can start to add more lines of business, mm -hmm. uh, you know, quickly. So it's really that upfront land and then the expanse can start to happen pretty quickly and that offsets yeah. the length of the sales cycle. Anyway, that's how we, how we address it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it sounds like typically it's just timing right now, making sure that these deals actually come to fruition. Uh, is there any, I guess, any risk with the technology that you feel fairly strong about that? And just right at this point, from what I understand and correct me from adjusting to the customer needs along that cycle until, you know, the, the final decisions made to work together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not, we're not a deep tech company. It's not, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think our risk, I mean, there's always risk in terms of allocation of how much you spend on performance reliability versus right. functionality and you know we'll we have all of the scaling problems that everybody does but the yeah. um but i mean it's not like there's some breakthrough tech required to be right. successful here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's it yeah. uh you know we're a we're a and it's kind of next generation SaaS company and right. and yes there's some things that are new but it's not you know it's not flying cars yeah, yeah. Some of the companies that I've heard, heard it's like, you know, you have that technology to do what you're doing more effectively and more efficiently. And then, and then part of the other half of the coin is just the yeah. adaptation, making sure that they know how to utilize their technology. Cause I think a lot of times yeah. companies, part, which is just, you know, making, and I think that's kind of like the stickiness behind it. You know, a lot of, a lot of people use that. Um, it's like, how well can I use the technology that I've been given? Um, and then how, yeah. I guess I guess important is it to my daily function. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, the important you, to me what you're describing is customer success from a SaaS right. perspective. <laughs> how do you, you know, how do you make sure you get them to value quickly, and and then you know continue to extract more value over time. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the long-term vision for for Boomtown? Well, it's. Uh, it's you know it's early going as far as the CXM category is concerned, mm -hmm. and so you know we think every business that has CRM should adopt CXM. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it's a huge green field. We're very focused on that. I think it's important to focus and have a vertical that you you know that you can win in. And for us, that's financial the financial services ecosystem. Yeah. But when you look at what's happening around that with you know, embedded finance, which triples it, right? Which is moving, you know, the services that you would have had to, you know, 15 years ago, go into the bank, the bank branch, actually in move that into the software that you use every day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's huge. And I think 
From there, there's other adjacent industries like health tech, retail yeah. brands, and they actually have a greater inter interdependencies with financial service products than appear at first glance. And so we'll continue to sort of build, go out and concentric rings yeah. from where we are today, where there's you know heavy actually overlap, particularly with the data network that we, we are building. Um, yeah. But you know, it's ultimately it's every every business that has CRM should have CXM. That's the vision. Yeah, I love that man. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. Bonus question here that I love to ask all all the guests that come on: uh, What books influenced you the most? So, um, without pointing to a specific person, I'm going to go back to what I said before. Like, I love going into a restaurant and talking to the owner and you know these small business owners i really am inspired by how much that they take on and they, you know they don't they don't get to be they're not on podcasts yeah and yeah. <laughs> you know, but they are working their tails off right and you know or have some great specialty but then have to do everything else like managing people and schedules and inventory and marketing and sales and, mm -hmm. and like many cases facilities and yeah, I just think they're very, very always have a great story, always impressive. Um, and, you know, I, I just saw, you know, I kind of, you know, every couple of weeks find inspiration, you know, just inter interacting with people that are business owners that, you know, sort of aren't in our tech sphere. Yeah, that, you know, doing, doing incredible stuff for yeah. you know, a long time, making a, you know, a solid living doing it. I think it's really great. Yeah, are, are you tough to go to dinner? Uh, ask the manager or the owner when you're sitting down at the table. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, I actually, yeah, that's funny. The uh, um, no, I will never ask for changes to to um, to a menu item. But <laughs> if you go to the right place, then you know sometimes they're there and you get to interact with them. You know, if you're doing local business stuff, they're there and yeah, you know, you know, they, you know who they are. You get the vibes. Yeah, so, yeah. Sort of like you can start start interacting. I love it. I love it in man. a positive way. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I love <laughs> um you know making connections with people who are doing stuff actively in life. I think you you always yeah. you always you always get a deeper appreciation. You you take some type oh. of learning. Um, yeah. no man, it's it's uh it's amazing stuff. Well, thank you so much. For the podcast. I excited to share this with everyone else and, and have everyone kind of learn from you know Boomtown. But last question is, how do we support Boomtown? How do we find you? Where can we go and and um, and support restaurants or, or business owners and and uh, <laughs> your technology? Well, so we're invisible. We're white labeled. Um, you know, first of all, obviously support local business yeah. wherever you live. <laughs> and the but the you know you won't you won't see us. But if you know if you're in you know financial services or any really company delivering products and you have partners and you know your customers are getting hung up pre-activation churn you know or you know the servicing challenges you know we can help um i would say you know stay tuned we actually have a pretty big and exciting announcement coming out in mid-september so you know follow us on linkedin uh and uh you know stay tuned for that uh we're, we're excited about what we're going to be uh um, you know, announcing in three weeks. Sweet, man. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Julian. Appreciate it.